0: You're listening to the Retail Perch with Shaker Raman and Gary Hawkins.
1: We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Retail Perch here with Shaker Raman and Gary Hawkins, my co host. Hi, Gary.
1: Shaker, how are you today?
0: Good, and we're picking up. This is part three of our series on talking about the path to personalization. And Gary, I know we started off at being this being a two-part series, but I guess <laughs> we're saying part three now. But you know, don't hold your breath. We might say part four at the
1: end of this one. But, That's right. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff to talk about here. Uh,
0: and I know in our discussions we've had before, and hopefully people have been listening to this, and I have gotten comments from people that. They're finding this useful. So, uh, hopefully, we'll kind of unpack a lot of things. And I think, but this is the episode where we get into some exciting use cases of how this can actually transform your business and kind of get a peek into the future as to what, you know. Having all these capabilities means to you. But before we do that, Gary, maybe we should do a quick recap for our listeners just so they can pick up the thread from the previous episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, in, in sort of part one, and then I think coming over in the part two, we talked about, you know, how this whole space started with the early frequent shopper and loyalty programs and retailers gathering customer data beginning to understand that and begin using it, right? So, you know, it began with really a focus around best customers that were driving a lot of the retailers, you know, annual sales, moving to customer segments so the retailer could begin to understand sort of the composition of their customer base, you know, how many new customers were they getting, Uh, how many lapsed customers did they have, you know, gold, silver, bronze, et cetera, which began to give retailers scorecards and a basis for thinking about how they can maybe better allocate marketing dollars right to the best effect across that. But now we've, I think, entered sort of a new age here where we're able to leverage all these new technologies like AI, machine learning, et cetera, to really take a whole different look at this space and a whole different way to think about it and approach it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I think that's that's what's exciting you know, about this episode personally for me, because, you know, we're always excited about where can we go with all, all this technology? OK, you know, but you have all this data. about your customers? What does that mean? And how, what's the use cases? So, Gary, maybe we should start by talking about some approaches here of, you know, you've got all this data. What can you possibly do with it?
1: do with it. Yeah. So, right. you, you know, I, and again, I'll draw on my experience, you know, as a retailer doing personalization, you know, going back, gosh, 15 years ago now, um, it, it, you know, we, we talked about one of our earlier episodes, this idea around loyalty programs of no matter what the incentive or the reward it always appealed to just a segment of total shoppers, right? And where that led me as a retailer was towards this notion of of personalized savings and personalization being more universal in its appeal to everyone, right? If you can provide any given person savings on products important to them or relevant to them, it's going to be a, a powerful thing to do. And, you know, we've are able to do that today, leveraging these new technologies. And the part of this I find really interesting is that using these technologies, it's bringing other skill sets, other knowledge from other areas to the table here, right? And I don't have to look any further than you and your experience, you know, on the Human Genome Project. Your experience, I think, it was at AT and T Bell Labs around uh, signal processing and so on, you know, bringing some of the, that thinking, some of that philosophy and learnings to this notion of, of customer data in seeing that purchasing data for any given customer almost as a signal and, and what can you learn from that? Correct,
0: correct. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we were very excited about looking at the data was obviously I think retailers are, You know, uh, I've seen so many reports on their dashboards and their computers. You know, after a while, you're trying to figure out, okay, I want this to tell me something actionable. Right. Uh, What am I supposed to do? Okay, this is all great. But and I think the next step of really using some of these techniques is simplify the action process. You know, can I have a can I have a machine or a system tell me what I should be focusing on? Where should I put my action towards my focus towards? Yep. And really make the needle
1: move, right? Uh, yes. One
0: thing is being informed. The other, the other thing is being able to execute on what
1: you're being informed. Well, and- well that's right. And and I'd also add to that, execute faster, right? Correct. You know, I've known many retailers over the years that you know would develop some type of report, uh, you know, typically segment based. They'd look at maybe monthly and see, gee, you know, these shoppers have now uh, lapsed this month or this past month, you know, we need to create a campaign or do something to go after them. But, you know, what they're doing is creating just some type of generic reward or incentive for everyone in that segment, regardless of who they are and their behaviors and, and wants and so on. And they're, you know, a two or three months past the behavior, right? We're able to tighten that cycle up a lot now.
0: Right, so this so, is so really what I'm thinking. Having all this data being fed into some massive engine, which is almost a brain for your, you know, your operations. It understands uh, individual shopper behaviors, yeah. trends, and so on and so forth. It's able to then respond with actions that need to be taken to guide that shopper along a certain trajectory in terms yeah. of them towards your store. And, you know, in sort of, you know, typically I think we've talked about, you know, this past week, um, you know, we were at an event and we were talking about, you know, marketing automation, right? How how do you automate a marketing system, right? Needs data and it needs the ability to act, right? That means it has to be connected in and into actual activation mechanisms where whether it's an email system or a digital coupon delivery or direct mail, You know, this central brain that's pulling in all this data has to be able to derive insights, create necessary content dynamically, and then deliver and activate that, and then provide some kind of reporting. So it's really these four things that come together once you have, you know, the right kind of data in place.
1: No, that's right. And, you know, the, the capabilities today are so much more sophisticated than they were even a couple of years ago. You know, automation, marketing automation has been around for some time. You know, in and, and systems out there that were able to, you know, uh, given whatever trigger, someone making a purchase in a department for the first time or not shopping for the past 30 days, that triggering an email with some type of message or, or, you know, reward incentive to the shopper, that capability has been around for a while. What is happening today, though, is combining that with this really sophisticated understanding of each shopper, so making that communication incredibly personalized, relevant, and ultimately strategic.
0: I think the fashion industry has done a great job of trying to figure out, based on you know our interactions and our transactions, to see to give provide some kind of a, a metric. That measures, you know, creditworthiness like a FICO score. Yeah. I know, you know, because of the amount of data that's available now uh, from retailers and combining other data sources, if you want to include third-party data sources like an Experian and an Axiom. I think we have a comprehensive view of the customer where you can now start tracking an in a single metric to measure the value of a customer back to the retailer. And I know internally at Bird's Eye we call it a kick score, and we've come up with some way to measure that kick score, but it becomes incredibly powerful because now that that single metric allows you to track a customer over their lifetime and then, and measure changes in behavior that can trigger actions and even suggest a strategy in terms of what you can do potentially to, you know, impact that
1: uh, score. And and, and I'll tell you, I think, and, you know, given I've been in this space for a long time, it's the development of that single score metric that encompasses basically everything about that individual shopper, right? Not only their economic value to the business, but a more qualitative understanding, you know, how many categories do they shop? You know, are they purchasing private label, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I think that is one of the most important changes that I've seen in this space since I've been in it just incredibly powerful. It opens the door to a new way to look at customer and customer data. Uh, It absolutely, as you just uh, mentioned, we should drill down on, supports the development of a strategy for personalization at the individual level. And I think the other thing it provides, something that's been missing, is a, a single metric or score That can be used across the retail organization, right? So marketing can use that, merchandising can use that, operations, customer service, and so on. Rather than historically every department creating their own segmentations, everyone speaking a different language.
0: Yeah. Plus, you know, you can get really, you know, go crazy with the segmentation, but you're still talking about a band of people. Yes. And you're treating those people as a group of people as yes. they're individuals and they have their own likes and dislikes and categories that they prefer. And so I, I think, I think the, this approach of creating a single metric to track a customer's value is useful from an implementation perspective, from an understanding of your business, because yes. now you don't have to look at 50 different reports. You're just looking at, Hey, what's the trend of this metric across my stores. And I think makes digesting information much more simple, right? I mean, to, to some point where you can look at this metric over six months and you say, Hey, I know if the store's performing well or not. Right. Because yes. they're failing on this. And, and we've seen cases where, you know, retailers have come to us and said, Hey, Hey, I want to know why these stores aren't doing well, you know, and we look at it and we break it down and say, Hey, that's because, you know, the, this metric, this kick score off your shoppers in that store is really low. And that's primarily because of X, Y, and Z. And so we were able to nail down a problem really, really quickly by using this approach, as opposed to having to look at 50 different reports and then hiring 20 analysts to come up with an answer.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, this is incredibly powerful. And again, I think we want to stress to everyone listening that it truly is the technology that enables this to happen today. And, And this is truly transformative. When you apply it to to marketing and, you know, leverage marketing, leverage, auto, you know, process automation here, uh, AI and machine learning, it is truly transformative uh, around retail marketing today. You know, we as human beings can only absorb so much bandwidth and so much information. And I, I think, again, as human beings... We've developed this notion of segmentation or categorization just to help us understand all this data. But now leveraging, you know, powerful uh, systems, we don't have to be confined or constrained by that limitation anymore. We truly can treat every individual customer individually.
0: Correct. All right. All right. So where, where, you know, where does that take us, Gary, in terms of, okay, now we have the ability to track customers through a simplified metric that represents, you know, I, I, you, know you use the word top doppelganger. I like, you know, the word digital replica is the same thing, but, you know, you now have a simulated version of a shopper yes. sitting inside your system uh, with, you know, you understand their behaviors. Where does that go in terms of applications and how the retailer can use that?
1: So I, I think, you know, one of the first places as, as a retailer I would go is literally transforming the traditional weekly ad, right? And, you know, moving away from certainly print, but moving away even in digital form, the same promotions for every customer, right? This opens the door to making that, that weekly ad truly relevant to each individual customer, especially if you use the entire store product catalog as sort of your offer pool, right? And think in terms of, and again, not thinking of it from a product-driven focus, but from a true customer focus. Hey, what products should I promote you know, today or this week to this individual customer? And at what price that's going to ensure getting them in the store or shopping online, right? But shopping with us. And then secondarily, can I begin to grow the value of that shopper, not only economically, but qualitatively by getting them to purchase from more categories, private label products, so on and so forth. And being able to do all this more, quite honestly, more efficiently and cost-effectively than their traditional printed weekly ad.
0: Yeah, because I'm sure, you know, most retailers listening to this are probably nodding. There's just an incredible amount of effort that's put together to plan an ad. Yes. put it out, print and distribute it. And there's a lot of costs involved, operational costs, you know, material costs. And I was uh, hearing some retailers talk the other day about the fact that the cost of paper has gone up, right? It's gone up multiple times during the pandemic. So, and a lot of people are considering cutting down their printed ad. Or completely eliminating it and going yep. all digital, right? Yep. So I think, you know, if you able to, if you were able to uh, create an ad for each individual, you know, with items that they would prefer that makes most sense to them, that gets them back into the store, well, why wouldn't you? Right. You yeah, couldn't yeah. do that, of course, in the print world 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but you right. can do it now in, in a completely digital yeah. world.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I mean if if you were to approach retail marketing, you know, with a completely clean sheet of paper, and design it from the ground up, you wouldn't do it from the perspective of, gee, I got these products, I want to promote who are the right customers, you'd approach it from, I've got, you know, all these people that live within, you know, a reasonable distance of my store, my operation, what do I have to do to appeal to each and every one of them to get them into the store each week?
0: Yeah, it's almost like, uh, you, know, you know, to make it simple for our listeners to understand, it's like a doctor, right? It's a doctor versus a, a marketer, right? A marketer is maybe broadly trying to appeal to b- bunches of people, whereas a doctor is very personalized in their treatment of yes. individual people. Think of, think of this AI ML system as a doctor for your business, yes. right, understands individual history, uh, behavior, what needs to be fixed, how, what how we can help help the the shopper, and then prescribes solutions that are completely personalized to the individual.
1: It, yes, in in doing that at scale, in doing right. that really really efficiently.
0: Right. So so we talked about you know the weekly ad of the future, which can be you know could be this digital thing where you have maybe a few mass market offers, but vast majority of it is really personalized uh, to the shopper, individual shopper. Where else do we see uh, personalization? I mean, apart from the normal thing that when I think people think about personalization, think about, you know, real-time recommendations on an e-commerce platform or on a mobile app, right? Showing relevant stuff in terms of searches and things like that. Where yeah. else do you see? So, so,
1: I think another area that we're going to see increasingly woven into this is an understanding of that individual's uh, health, uh, you know, any uh, health conditions, health concerns, interests, right? That being incorporated into that, you know, incredibly complex, sophisticated shopper profile, but then that also being part of this personalization of relevancy. Back to the shopper. Uh, And I think we're gonna see more and more of that.
0: You're absolutely right, Gary. And I think, you know, obviously it's it's not just the two years, but I think there's, you know, if you look at the younger generation, right, the Gen Zs and the Millennials, they're obviously concerned about what they're eating, what's in what they're eating. They're not maybe as conscious about brands uh, as much as they are the content so being able to understand a shopper's preferences dietary goals health and wellness goals and then tailoring product recommendations which may not have to do with price and promotion it's really that's more right. about here's a product that we think really aligns well with your diet and your health goals and that's why we're recommending it to you and i think you know the the gives an option for retailers to move away from a price promotion
1: type of approach to yeah
0: more a personalized experience
1: approach right yeah and developing truly that relationship with the customer right you know the retailer actually being able to say to every customer we care about you we know you you know and it's reflected in how and what we're communicating to you and so on absolutely
0: right And think about, you know, a shopper going on a retailer's platform and and saying, hey, here's my health, you know, identifying, hey, I intend to lose, whatever, 20 pounds in the next three months. You know, I have, I'm concerned about diabetes or whatever it is that you're concerned about and your dietary restrictions. And the retailer coming back to you and suggesting products and promoting products to you and recommending products that fit your specific goals. Yes, and you know what if we could tie in the the healthcare side of things and saying hey we're gonna help you get to these goals by making providing some incentives, yes. um, you know some cookie trail that you can follow and and get to these goals. I mean we could transform the entire health of the country, you know, in terms of uh, how we go about. Uh, our healthcare system.
1: Absolutely. And I I think it could be an opportune time to do that because, you know, not only younger people being far more interested in in what they're eating and and so on, but, you know, coming out of the last two years, nearly everyone being much more cognizant of their immune system, of their general health, the importance of their general health and and so on. Uh, So it could be an opportune time to do this. And- you know, we're we're seeing small steps, but small steps in the right direction of healthcare. You know, sort of plugging into and converging with with food.
0: Right, right. And I think it's a great opportunity for supermarkets to really be at the center of this. We've had a few Absolutely. episodes on retail perch talking about personalized wellness and uh, the impact it can have. But you know, think about you know, I think there's two sides, right? One is the cost of healthcare, if you do have a medical problem that you have to attend to, what does that cost? The yeah. second is, how do we reduce the amount of claims that people are actually going out there that they don't have to because they're, they're able to manage and live a healthier lifestyle? And I think this is a great opportunity for supermarkets to really be in the middle of that revolution.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely. Yes. Right? And yeah.
0: traditionally, I think people have talked about, thought about personalization, at least in the supermarket industry, primarily from the perspective of price and deals. Yep. And I think while all that is great, at some point, you know, your health is priceless, right? Yes. And and your well-being is priceless. And price is not the primary motivator for you to change something. And 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 I think everything shows us that if you stay healthy, it's actually way cheaper <laughs> than if you want to just try to save money and eat unhealthy, right?
1: Yes. No, I, I think that's right. And as as people you, you know, there's a lot of drivers here, and it's different for each person, but, you, you know, the costs of healthcare, the cost of getting sick, and so on. But I, I think as people, you know, age, you know, I, I know myself, as I've gotten older, I pay, I'm paying more and more attention to my health, you know, how I feel, what I'm eating, exercise I'm getting, and so on, um, you know, because it's so important it's nice to wake up in the morning and feel good. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, so I know this has been a lot for you guys to digest. So just to unpack, we're talking about creating some kind of metrics that's easy to understand your shopper's journey, the value of your shopper to you and how to impact that. Coming up with maybe strategies of personalizing the experience to the shopper, redoing, rethinking how you uh, do your weekly ad, right? Sure. Yep. reducing the size of the ad, supplementing it with personalized offers, uh, and then thinking about the wellness of the shopper and helping them along that journey. I mean, there's just so many more ways that it can go. But these are, I think, key metric, key points that I think personalization can really impact if you have access to the right yeah. technology. And again, I think you don't have to build it all in house There's plenty of companies out there who can assist you in that process. We've gone through a build-in, do I build this or do I partner or you know, yeah. do I buy this? kind of approach, right, Gary?
1: So. Oh, yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, I, I don't think any retailer, unless maybe you're one of the top three four retailers, should even think about trying to build this kind of technology. Uh, you, you know, it's tough to get the right skill sets, but even more so, this space technology in general is just moving so fast that by the time you build something, it's going to change. So I think far better to find the right partners in this space.
0: Right, right. Well, I think we did we did pretty good, Gary. We covered a lot of ground here. So if we uh, if we come back and our listener says we need a part four on this, we'll do a part four. But I think I think this uh, sums up the entire
1: path to personalization pretty well. So, so I, I agree. I think that you know we've covered a lot of ground in these three episodes. I, I do think you know as we've been talking. You know, th- there could be a part four at some point here, thinking about, you know, outside the store, how a retailer is able to understand the shopper, right? Not only their digital behavior, other websites, what are they doing online, but also in the physical world, you know, understanding customer journey maps, you know, what other retailers is that customer uh, visiting in my marketplace, what restaurants are they going to, et cetera. Uh, this world of big data does n- nothing but get bigger right and you know so it could be interesting in another future episode to talk about not only these other types of data but how a retailer can bring those all together to further feed uh, personalization and relevancy
0: yeah no i i agree i agree never say never It can always be a part that's of it.
1: right that's right <laughs> <laughs>
0: right but it's been it's been great talking to you guys, and uh, you know we're gonna obviously package this up. This will be available on the retailperch.com, and we'll maybe put this together as a, a box set on personalization.
1: That, that, that's right. We're gonna have to promote this uh, as its own exactly. thing.
0: Exactly. So you you'll get it on the retailperch.com, and also will be available on YouTube uh, or on a, on a podcast and your favorite favorite platform if you want to listen to it. And I believe, Gary, we're also going to extract some data out of this and kind of convert into some blog articles if you prefer to yeah. read this stuff as opposed to listen to a 30-minute episode. And so we're going to make this information available to you in multiple ways. So make sure you follow us. Let people know if you find value in this. Uh, we'd love to get more listeners here. And you know, if you want us to address anything specific, uh, do let
1: us know. Gary, any closing thoughts before we... No, it's uh, been a great three episodes and we'll look forward to the next one.
0: Yeah, well, next time we're going to have a guest on. So it's not going to be me and Gary all the time, but we're going to come back to our Retail perch guests and we have a whole bunch of them lined up. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And thanks to all those people who stopped us in the hallways and said, I I love the last episode. uh, It's it definitely gives us a big boost and we uh, love to keep that those comments coming back so have a great day guys and enjoy the spring thank you make sure to join us every monday and connect with us at the retail perch
1: on instagram and facebook and if you have any questions feel free to email us at the retail perch at com.
0: until next time this is shaker
1: and this is gary signing off